I just want, you know what I want to be doing? Maybe, maybe that's unfair to say pilot. I just want to be doing shows, right? Instead of yeah, that's walking it. around and, and bringing magic to people. I want them to be able to come. So, and see a show. Well, it's like what Piff, it's like what Piff used to say. He used to say, uh, um, he much preferred doing shows cause he didn't feel like an hors d'oeuvre. They're guys. They do magic. magic. They are the magic guys. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast, and it's been a minute about the whole intro thing. I'm not very good at the technical stuff. We used to have Josh for that. Today, we have a guest, Dougster. Are you My familiar guest? with this person? Wow, I actually am. Like, I, I go back with this guy longer than you, you, you'd... It might be 25 years. Is he that old? Am I that old? Is he, tw- is he 25 years old? He might be. Yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> I don't know. He's not that old. But One here of the most he comes. Important people in magic. I don't know how he ended up here tonight, but wow, I'm happy he did. Ladies and gentlemen, Andy Gladwin. Honestly, I was going to make a joke about how smooth this thing started, but you've won me over with that little animation there. So I'm all in. This is great. Did you see the uh, little flash there for me? Yep. A little a little Jason is gay moment there. That was cute. Josh, I will have my revenge. <laughs> you doing here, Andy? I, I think I'm glad to be here. Let yeah. me, we'll put an end to that. <laughs> how old are you? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's play the game. How old is Andy? You can guess, Doug. Okay. Well, look, I think 43, 43. is way too old, but I'm going to go 39. Yeah, Doug's right. Yeah. Is it 39? Yeah. Whoa. Oh, yeah, wow. Good I used Dang to do on. that at the yeah. carnival back in the Did day. You? I'm impressed. Yeah, 39 <laughs> years old. So we met, I think, when I was about 15 years old. I was at wow. a convention in New Orleans, and it, your book had just come out. You were the, the big hotshot. You were the talk of the town. So it was really cool oh. to meet you. I'd read your book, and it was great. I remember you being on Lance Burton's Young Magician special. Yep. You ever watched that for old time's sake? I haven't watched that in about 20 years, actually. Oh, so you were 16? <laughs> How old were you then? 16? Yeah. Appearing yeah, on was- national television in the United States. You're a young Englishman. On American television, what a blast. Yeah, I was contacted by Lance and flown over to do this show. And I'm a small town kid. And like my family had never been to America before. And the, the whole thing was weird. And this, how, does that, how does that happen at your age then? Because it's a different time, right? There's no internet. There's no YouTube. How does Lance Burton find Andy Gladwin? I don't really remember. Uh, I'd done a few conventions and stuff in the UK. I was by no means good. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I haven't watched the clip back because I was not. What, did you do, what was the trick? What did you do on that show? I think I am, I'm the last living person ever to perform this trick. It is the head sword box. You know that trick where they somebody puts a box <laughs> on their head and then you're putting swords through them? You've told me somebody who's performed that trick in the last 20 years. Buried that piece. Yep. Yep. So uh, that was that was my thing. And actually, that's the last time I ever performed that trick and any trick like it. So now I'm pretty much exclusively close up and parlor. So that trick has gone. 
I guess, I guess as we, we're talking about how old you are and your television accolades, we could mention that you're a co-partner of one of the biggest magic industry things in the magic universe. That's Vanishing Inc. Let's not gloss over that. And how cool is that? That's me. That's what we do. One of the yeah. owners of Vanishing Inc., is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, um, yeah, me and Joshua J, we, uh, we started that. We met on the Lance Burton show when we were, um, like 15, 16, I think I, I think I was 15 and Josh was like 19 or something. Um, and we, um, yeah, that's how we met and we've been in touch ever since. Yeah. Wow. You know, Ashford Nitel was on that show. He did flush brush. He, he got did. my version of the Kenner trick to perform. He ended <laughs> up doing his own thing with it, but man, you ever see that guy? Ashford Nitel, you remember him? Yeah, I remember him. You know, here's what a the, talent. It's such a talent, and he quit magic, and I think he's rapping now. Oh, that um, makes sense. And he uh, he created the first ever Hold'em trick in, in magic's history. Like, what a, what a weird accolade! All right. um, but he was a great magician, and yeah, I had him pegged for like the next big thing. Really, like, he had all the right tools, huh? Yeah, of all the people on that show, he was um, he was the guy with the most potential, I think. And yeah, I don't know what he's doing now, but I'd love yeah. to love to chat with him. Probably whatever he wants. Knowing that could be rapping. How does it make you feel knowing that people that speak about themselves in third person order almost everything from your shop? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, look at this. this is, it's, I bought this just a couple. What this is like the last Vanishing Ink book, the John Graham release. I think. This is one of the best books of maybe the last couple decades. So wow. rare you get a book with no, really, because you got a professional giving his working routines and it's not close up. You know, he's telling you how to work it. You know, when do you mm -hmm. get that? Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a John Graham is a, book. is a really smart guy. And he, um, I, I, I'll be honest, I knew nothing about John Graham until Azzy Wind told me. Uh, he's like, hey, there's this guy, John Graham, who has a uh, a book that he's written about transitioning from close-up to stage. You should check it out. It's one of the best books I've read in years. And, like, is there any better accolade than that? So I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, again, he's a worker, right? So A real worker. You can tell that he works this stuff in a lot. Um, so, yeah, it's a great book, and I think it's going to help a lot of people over the next few decades to transition from close-up to parlor because that's a hard thing to do. And th this book really covers that well. I, I think it's selling the book short just to mention it, that you just sell it as a, uh, a great manual for performing, for performing magic in general. It's a bonus that it teaches you this transition aspect, but getting <laughs> fully fledged presentations that are well described and yeah, and uh, how to work it in the real world. And talking about music choice and yeah, right? how, to, how to pack it away in the case so it's, that it's like everything is readily yeah. available. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good book full of interesting details that most magic books leave out. Yeah. It's because most magic books are, aren't written by maybe professional workers, you know, they're mm -hmm. busy working there, you know, not uh, most magic books are creative endeavors by artists or students of the art that offer their theoretical creations. Yep. Most of them really good much of the time. But maybe not real world stuff. You don't know if it hasn't been worked. But you got a guy who's working it, tells you it's good and how to do it. It's a valuable, valuable thing. Yeah, I agree. I guess we could yeah. also talk about the boy who cried mm -hmm. magic. And I'm gonna say that I'm guilty of not owning this book yet. And it's not because I, I don't, don't own that book. Do you not have it? Yeah. Nah. Jason doesn't have it. He didn't know who I was three minutes ago, so he doesn't <laughs> have my book. That's um, very true. That's very was, true. I did not know who you were three minutes ago. This is your book. This is was released. It was last year. Am I correct? 
Uh, it was last year. Yeah, it's um, it somehow became Vanish Inc.'s best-selling book almost overnight. Like, it, which is such a weird thing. It's the only time we've ever the website's ever crashed. And this is your book. This yes. is your book. Yeah. Hey, sought after, eh, Andy. <laughs> somehow, somehow. Uh, um, the, best, and- the best magician on the podcast right now. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> here. Um, and yeah, it's it's on its third printing already. It's it's a bizarre thing to me that it, it's well, been. It's not, look, it's not like you're an overnight success. You've had a history of releasing strong material in the industry for your whole life. So when you put out a hardcover book of your work, of course it's going to do well. It's great that it's doing very well. It, you know, yeah, timing timing is everything, right? It was during the pandemic that it came out. And I think we were kind of dry on good magic books. And I've been sat on this book. This book has been sat in the warehouse for, I don't know, six months or something because I just didn't get a chance to film the trailer for it because of the pandemic. So wow. once I finally got it out, then How do you I have think- that patience to sit on your own book for six months. I guess it's just that important. The, the marketing, the trailer. Uh, for me, it was because mm-hmm. I had a vision for what I wanted the trailer to be. And yeah. I knew that the only I had to fly to America to film this trailer, basically. The only place, the only team, um, the people within the Vanishing team that could do it were in America. So I just had to wait, and that's fine. You know, I have two kind of tricks that will be released at the Vanishing Warehouse. Uh, One of them has been there for about three years now, and it hasn't been released yet. Uh, The reason... For the pandemic, it, it, this is a trick using six spectators on stage. I was like, could there be a worse time to bring six spectators on stage during a pandemic? So yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah. just felt like time to, uh, yeah, time to park that trick. And actually, I'm just about to film the trailer for that next week. So hopefully that'll come out soon. Well, that's a good, uh, even that's a good insight for most people. Patience is a virtue, right? A good time to be in Chicago, maybe, right? Maybe so. Hey, there we go. Yeah, doing a lecture at the Chicago Magic Lounge this oh, yeah. Saturday. 25th. Things are happening. So you're in England today, but mm-hmm. this week you'll be in the States. Yeah, they have like air travel nowadays, and you can get there like the same day. It's what? really weird, Doug. Yeah. Um, yeah, I fly out. Uh, I'm actually going to see Josh. Josh is doing a talk uh, in New York, and he's been doing this book tour for the last year, and I haven't got to see any other dates. Uh, and I had planned to turn up to uh, one of the dates uh, in disguise. And, and trying to like ask a question or something and see if I can spend the whole time at his book event without him knowing that I was there. What is that? There we go. How much you think? Is that the podcast or the audio book? The audio book, just cool. letting the viewers know that's what the book is and that I thought enough of it to spend my money on the audio version, how I choose to consume nonfiction that's not magic tricks. Anyway, continue. Um, and yeah, I just haven't got a chance to go. And he has one more date left on this year-long tour. So I thought, let's let's fly over and see it. And then uh, Chicago Magic Lounge were like, hey, come and do a lecture. So it worked out perfectly. Did you end up uh, – wait, so it's happening soon that you're going to be wearing this uh, disguise? Do you have the do you have the disguise on you? <laughs> I'm not going to do it now. I'm not – he know now. He knows I'm coming to New York now. So it's a real shame. Yeah. At the time, I was already in America, and I was going to kind of fly to like another state to, to do it. But surprised you guys don't hate each other by now. No, After, no. Well, I mean, man, we were briefly talking about the insanity of not just being in the magic industry because you know I dabble a little bit. I sell some things here on the internet. I can't imagine selling it on a macro level to the world, and then to to produce the magic. You know, to have to curate. Items to release. Whoa. 
Yeah, how, many, how many like video entries do you get sent of people uh, submitting ideas or tricks that they want to sell? How many do you get? You get a lot. So we get about ten a day. Whoa! Which is <laughs> and how, crazy. <laughs> and and be honest, how painful is it? Uh, well, you, it's it's very painful. <laughs> if I'm honest <laughs> with you, um, because there's such a spectrum. <clears throat> you might get one guy who sends like a, a six second clip who's like, "I came up with this today. Can we market it?" No. Have you performed this a thousand times? No, of course you haven't. We can't market this. And then you get another guy who will send a 45 minute video. And when you say, hey, I'm, I'm sorry, we can't, you know, this is not a trick for us. This doesn't fit our needs. Like the guy then wants to know a full breakdown of why it's not suitable for him. And like, that's, that's a lot of our day is spent actually talking to magicians about why we sadly can't take that, that trick on. Uh, and you have to be respectful for it. Cause actually I think if somebody is sending a video and it's gone to that effort and, and trust you enough to send the video, like you can't just send a template email. So everyone has to get a custom detailed response so it's it's a tough part of our job actually and we, we have somebody in the team who's who basically it's his full-time job doing that nowadays um just watching that's kind of a cool job it's a it's cool kind job. of a cool job yeah um and, and then he he kind of filters them out and then sends the the ones that he thinks will be most suitable for us he sends them to me and josh and a couple of members of the team and then we watch it um, but really, out of all of those, it's very videos, very diplomatic of you. You mean you mean he sends you the good ones? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, such a polite guy, Andy. <laughs> think about all of that, like those ten videos, and we can probably only take one submission every three months and ten yeah, submissions a day. So I mean, it's a lot of work to to process, and it's a, sadly it's a lot of no's, and that's. That's the tough part about this job sometimes is the, the amount of no's that you have to give people. Well, I guess also is the reason why your website is doing so well because you're not just selling everything, right? I think um, it was exactly. like, uh, I think, uh, you know, no hate to them, but I think Illusionist fell down the rabbit hole of just kind of publishing anything at one point. I remember there was a lot of stuff coming out and I was like, what is going on? They were just yeah. releasing these ridiculous things where I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> I, was like, I hate this. <laughs> I get why people might do that because when you have salaries to pay and you have all of, you know, you have to keep customers coming back. I get why, why sometimes that happens. Uh, luckily we've managed to resist that. And I think we just do it by planning ahead and just we're so far ahead of the game. We have so many releases in the warehouse. ready look, to go. You guys have, you've been doing that since day one, you've held high standards for your products and, and, releases and really thrown so many things to the curb i've you know i've been a fan of vanishing ink from the beginning i was i was trying to reflect what was the first thing what was the first thing branded vanishing ink i remember you guys had like rick rich avila's book and yeah. caleb wiles stuff it was our mutual friend caleb wiles yeah was it caleb wiles yeah, yeah we released a book and a trick from him uh, high spots was the book and great Holy book oh that's book. a great book such a great book yeah it is um, so you know what happened is we um, so I built the website and I, I put it live just so that he's he's done he's out um, yeah that's fine <laughs> it's time for snacks if you want to go get enough. some now's the time let's go um, so I, <laughs> um, I I put the website live just to test it and send it around to a few friends and then I went on vacation with like my this big group of friends that we all used to go on vacation together before we had kids and got married. Uh, and we went skiing to Austria and so many people found out about Caleb's book that they kept buying it and I had to fly home from vacation early 
so that I could kind of get this website properly up and running yeah. because it, it leaked out about Caleb's book. So here's the blame for that. Did that have the Vanishing Ink label then? Was mm -hmm. that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've still got a, I've still got an unopened, balanced. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not available sad. anymore. It's sold out yeah. now. So yeah, I picked it up. Uh, managed to get one of the last ones, I think, and I was like, I'll just keep that and keep yeah, it there. I haven't used trick. it yet. One day I will, though, I'm sure. But yep, it's sat perfect. there. So Andy, you guys, uh, you guys curate like playing cards too. Like you decide, like you know, people send you like playing cards or designs or something that you, yeah, I don't mind. Well, be interested. So, so more often than not, it's an immediate no now. Uh, and I'll tell you right. exactly why. Um, playing cards, there's such a small margin, such small profit course. In, yeah. in selling playing cards that we can really only release decks with our, our in-house designers because if we have to do a split or, or any kind of upfront payment, it just means that the decks are just not viable to sell. Yeah, of course. You're just not making good overheads on it. Yeah, I get that. But <clears throat> I want to know your opinion on this bad boy. Look at this. This Who's is that? the, it's a little bright. Hang on, let me turn this down a bit. There we go. A bow deck. Huh? This is, yeah, yeah, this is bow magic. Hang on, if I can get the thing to focus on it. There we go. Isn't that cute? Oh, little, uh, boba, cute. A little boba tea uh, like deck. It. Now, it comes you know, in, a, in a, plastic, a plastic casing, so it has its own plastic casing, and then the oh, deck wow. box is inside. And That's then, a nice touch. Having yeah, the, cute little, the cute little back design is uh, some splashed. Oh, it's very cute. Isn't that a nice deck? Uh, it reminds me of Riffle Shuffle. Have you seen their decks? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They're always bringing out the fruit decks and stuff. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. looks like that kind of style. I, I really like it. So, so, so the reason why I bring that up is because uh, my good friend, Bao, is currently releasing a second deck. What? This is the Boba Tea Green Tea Editions. Apparently, yeah. Bao asked asked Jason to give you guys the hard sell. To no, get not at all. On vanishing ink. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> He's getting I, just, uh, I just wanted to share it with you because uh, I think that they're cool decks. I just wanted to know what uh, you guys thought. What do you think? You like him? I, I I like all his stuff. Yeah, I like Bao's stuff too. He consistently puts out good things. I think this is the eleventh pitch of the day. Well, that's fine. No, like no, no pitch, no pitch. I just wanted to know what you thought of the deck. Yeah, no, they're really cute. I like them. Um, and it'll be interesting to see like where the audience is for that kind of deck because right here. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. once those decks catch on and become cool, I think everybody um, everybody gets them. So I'll tell you, uh, a yeah. smart release that I bought the last couple of months that I think is a good move, maybe excess packaging, but let's talk about uh, optics, the mm – -hmm. The, the Harapon Ong release, this is an opportunity to deliver a nice custom deck of cards, something special from a creator, and then deliver also their intellectual property in a modern fashion, you know, with, what is there, 26 downloads on this thing, something like that? I've been, I've been meaning to pick that up. Everyone keeps going on about how good it is. It's good um, magic. It's an interesting deck. And now maybe everyone can make a little money, right? Because now the deck, you don't sell for just 15 bucks. And now maybe the creator isn't as worried about his stuff being ripped off because they're getting something nice to go with the intellectual property. So Yeah, the Optics was, was a solution to a, a problem that we're going to see more and more in magic, which is... Now that DVDs are not a thing, like I don't own, own a DVD player, my guess right. is you guys don't either. Is and how, how do you still get that collection of material out on video? Yeah, on the head. Um, and, and so Optics was our um, our solution to that. It comes with like really it. cool packaging. It comes with a really cool, nice 
brand new de deck design by um, Stefan Eriksson. So yeah, it's it's one possible solution to to the fix of fading away Magic DVDs. Because oh, I know I it's I know it's a good idea because Doug was raving about it on one of our podcasts, saying that he was going to do an, like said, an unboxing of this deck. Day, <laughs> in my day, I'm happy to pay ninety dollars for a three DVD set with twenty six routines. Mm -hmm. That's just the information, right? When I'm growing yeah. up learning magic, I bought, you know, all these three DVD sets. There'd be eight tricks on each one. I get mm -hmm. 24 tricks for a hundred bucks. No deck of cards, no gaffes, etc. So yeah, as as I think it's a great, a great medium. And congratulations. I, I I'm I'm only curious because I know I got flack. I sold a few of these, you know, because I sometimes sell vanishing ink products. The packaging. Mm -hmm. Have you got much flack on because at the end of the day, we're now sending a deck of cards in a six by six box. Yeah. Um, a big part of that is actually just trying to make a collectible set because magicians love to collect stuff. So uh, I don't think we've got any flack from it, but okay. maybe we have. Um, I, I kind of get shielded from that kind of stuff quite often. And, uh, and we... he was pre-show. He was actually surprised to find they have a YouTube channel. So he's not he's True. not on the ball with everything. <laughs> I knew we had a YouTube channel. I just didn't know that it was monetized. If it's not, it should be. So, so, Jay's, so Jay's been stealing some extra profits, eh? <laughs> saying they're doing this pretty good time. on the YouTubes. They got the views going. We got the views, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not aware of getting much flack from it. Uh, but I'll tell you this: the the big thing on our minds right now is is plastic waste. Uh, trying to produce decks of cards without all of this extra unnecessary, unnecessarily shrink wrapped cards is—it's a—it's a real problem, and and we're trying to to address right. that. But it's it's tough because the playing card manufacturers insist on it. Interesting. Uh, and the same with books. We we'd want to try and not to shrink wrap books. They just don't need to be shrink wrapped. So you're but quite again, proactive about uh, the recycling, etc. The. Mm -hmm. So that, that's like an that. answer then. So like I would assume the packaging on like this optics is, uh, you know, uh, I throw it away. It's going to dissolve into the earth, right? There it Here is, ladies Look and jelly YouTube. beans. YouTube. Look at all these videos. Constant content, man. You can never get enough content. Hey, look at this. What do you think of this one here, by the way? The coffee cups. By I have it right here. You look at that. If I move, you can just see it down at the bottom. Uh, I've been playing around with it. I think it's really great. I um. <laughs> there we go. Cool packaging. Oh, yeah. Did you get it sent to you or did you buy it, Doug? Yeah, today. It came in the mail today. Was, Adam <laughs> told me he's been trying to get a set into your hands, but there's been problems. But then yeah, I looked yeah. and there's an Aussie distributor. There's an Aussie distributor for Volpine Creations. So. Yeah, I'll just, maybe I'll just order a set. It sounds like yeah, a, Well, he told me he wants to get one in your hands. Obviously, yeah. he's a smart person. I don't, I don't think it's going to work favorably for him, so I'll just order it and help him out anyway. doesn't matter. A big deal. Yeah, he deserves it. You won't be disappointed. Yeah. It's no, I don't think I would be either. And you know me, I'm a Cups and Bulls guy. Yep. I'm a classics guy, man. I love the classics. Yep. You know what's great is the final load on Adams. It's so smart. He reinvented the, the final load method. It's it's really cool. I can't wait to, to get, dig in. Like, I, I just opened the box. Doug's today. next viral video. Huh? Here it comes. It could be, right? It, <laughs> it totally has that potential. Absolutely. Yes. Does. Yeah, can, you, can you fit it in that 60 second margin though? Yeah. You know, I work quick. Yeah, I know you speak quick too. I don't know. I don't know what's, uh, I mean, just knowing the loading system, 
is like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's gonna. I mean, it's so efficient. Yeah, you know what I was just thinking about is I was reading the um, I forget his name, Reynolds, St not Steve Reynolds. I'm blanking on his name. Um, he just released a book, Fifty Two, Sean Alexander. Alexander, I'm awful at this. I'm awful at names. Um, but he has a co uh, coins and uh, coffee cup routine. Scott Alexander. Scott, there we go. I'm so yeah. sorry. And I apologize, Scott, if he ever sees this because we've met before <laughs> and um, that's awful. Uh, but um, yeah, using doing a coins and coffee mug routine and then using Adam's final load, I think it'll be a great um, little connection of tricks. Oh, you know, I do a little of that coins and coffee cup stuff too. I, I hadn't even thought about that, but yeah. There we Man. go. It's all yours. So I'm curious how 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 much of performing is is part of your life? Are you an active entertainer? Do you do pre, gigs pre pandemic pre pandemic? I certainly was. Um, mm -hmm. I uh, or more realistically, pre my son. Um, when my son was born, something had to give because I would just be away twenty four seven otherwise. Yeah. So um, I stopped performing for a while. However, I'm I'm ready to be back now. Yeah. I'm, I'm desperate to. To, to come back. But what's interesting is I've, I've totally changed perspectives over the pandemic. Previously, I was working close up pretty mm -hmm. much as my only source of performing. But right. now I want to be on stage and doing parlor. Like, yeah. I don't really want to be doing walk around magic or anything like that. Right. I just want to be doing parlor stuff. Yeah, I like parlor. I like a healthy mix of the two, personally. You know, a little close up, little parlor. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I like that. I, I just want, you know what I want to be doing? Maybe, maybe that's. It's unfair to say, Parlor. I just want to be doing shows, right? Instead of yeah, that's walking it. around and, and bringing magic to people, I want them to be able to come and so, see a show. Well, it's like what Piff. It's like what Piff used to say. He used to say uh, um, he much preferred doing shows because he didn't feel like an hors d'oeuvre. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. that reason, and because of the luxuries I've had of having some income here, I've basically stopped accepting gigs because I despise the average <laughs> venue for, uh, uh, in particular, a close-up magician, right? It's generally horrible work in, in abysmal situations. Uh, and yeah, I'm very much more interested these days in doing a performance where people might come to see magic because they want to, as opposed to it being hoisted upon them mm -hmm. for, yeah. you know, for yep. the audience. One of the happiest... One of the happiest changes I made to my career was saying I will no longer take gigs that I know I cannot shine at. Like if I know I'm not going to be able to be great because of the venue or the audience or the setup, then I just don't take the gig. Right. And that changed everything overnight for me. It made sure that I was happy with every gig I was doing and that I could leave the gig knowing that I, I did a great job. It's 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 life changing. You know, it's what kept yeah. me performing my whole life because that's a pure <laughs> venue where you can get this kind of emotion, these kind of interactions without, uh, you know, the. Well, that that space becomes your space, right? Like yeah. that, that slab theater. of concrete that you're on becomes your slab of concrete. And people right. are people are entering your arena, not the that's other right. way around. So, Did which I kind of like to. Book? Sorry, Darren's book. Darren has his book. Um, not Darren, to affect the absolute Darren? magic. Darren Brown. Oh, yeah, Brown. Great book. Yeah. Great book. Uh, Absolute Magic is a killer book because it, it basically tackles this exact subject for half the book uh, about his way of doing it, where he would have people come to a table that he was sat sat down at, so they actually 
were coming into his world. It's really smart, his ideas. Yeah, he convinced yeah. me that was the way to go. After I read that book, I just started bringing what is basically my street performing rigs to the... They booked me as a strolling magician. <laughs> I'd show up at my table and I'd say, that let trolley. me... <laughs> and if this doesn't work, I'll stroll. It's great. It's yeah. yeah. And it always worked. It's a great, you know, strolling is just not ideal. If people would learn that they can book close up magic in a theatrical setting at these environments at these gigs, I think we'd experience maybe a, a an interesting uh, generation of, you know, magicians performing new styles. I agree. For sure. Oh, yeah. Magic is definitely having more personality. Uh, you know, people's performances are changing a lot, which is great. <laughs> Will you be performing in Chicago, Andy? You're doing a lecture. In which I'm assuming yeah. will be for magicians, correct? Uh, yeah, just um, just doing the lecture. I, I'm in and out, sadly, on this trip. This trip, okay. I think I'm in America for like three or four days. All right. Um, yeah, but I actually I want to get back to performing at places like the Chicago Magic Lounge, and, and I'm just about to book going back to the Castle uh, because that's what gives me so much joy is those kind of venues where people are coming to watch a magic show. So I can see me pretty much doing a tour of all of these places pretty soon. Uh, and that would just be so great for the soul. Yep. Yeah. 20 minute close up shows, 20 minute parlor shows. Like, what an amazing time for magic right now that we're having all these venues popping up, like Liberty Magic in Pittsburgh and um, House of Cards, the Prestige. There's yeah. a lot of them. And you're right. Yeah, they're popping up. Yeah. I can't wait for them to start appearing in the UK as well, because then I get to do these things and, and go home. after. Maybe the show. that's the new vanishing ink thing. You guys have enough resources to make a good one happen. Just hire another guy, Andy. Hire another guy. That's the answer to everything, right? Just hire <laughs> another guy. Uh, we, uh, we have always had a dream of opening up a magic theater together um, because the, the things that make us thrive, the things that we're really excited about are where we have kind of skill sets that that meet in the middle we have we always have the same values of what we want to achieve in a, a joint we being you and josh yep me and josh mm -hmm. um, but actually not just me and josh now me and josh and the core members of the team as well um the kind of the management uh team within vanish Uh so yeah we have these complementary values and, and when our skill sets all kind of interlink that's when these things really thrive and I think running a venue is exactly where we would all connect together and thrive in the right way. I don't see us doing it, at least in the short term, but I think it's something mm. we would really love. Love. Open it up in Australia. I'll do it for you. Sure. It sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's a sensible commute, I think, for, for both of us. So, yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like the midway between both places. Well, right? It's not bad. Pretty much. <laughs> Definitely on my radar is to at least dip my toe in the pond and figure out a venue. In fact, Mike Dardin is visiting me this week. You know, Mike, huh? Andy, Mike, Mike Dardin, he's won some awards. Anyway, he's a local pro. And we're going to figure out a spot where we can say, hey, y'all, we're doing a magic show. Great. We're going to see who shows up to it and how we can blow that up in New and Orleans. Didn't you have a venue for a while or was it a store you had? Oh, and that's that exact venue is what I'm eyeballing. It's a place that is a haunted house during Halloween, but it's booked as the Mystere Mansion year round. And he eventually made it escape rooms. But because the guy never developed his liquor license, we never opened the joint. And this was after an insane amount of effort. Yeah. And that was yeah. the thing that held us up. And sadly, that was the thing he didn't figure out till the end. But yeah, it could have been a magic castle in New Orleans. 
Rats. That's the place for it. So, but look, that venue's still there. The close-up room with 30 tiered seats and a mirror that you walk through with is still there. They still have escape rooms. And I can see an event where you say, hey, come do an escape room, see a magic show, something like that, maybe. And, uh, you know, that place is definitely on my radar still. It's great. Uh, yeah, I am so jealous of anyone who has their own venue to be able to perform at every night. Yeah. Like, what a cool opportunity. Right. Uh, the, the other ones are uh, Mystique Dining. There's a few of those popping up now. They, they seem excellent, too. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, well, what a time to be a performing magician. If you can give up a week and go and work somewhere and you don't mind kind of not making a like normal gig money, then it's so cool. Yeah. And if you can develop a social media following, and this is kind of one of the reasons I encourage it, well, now maybe I mean, now's the time to do it, right? Put some butts in seats. <clears throat> you know? Social media has never been more accessible than it is right now. So does does that help the stuff that you guys do? Um, yeah, does that help you bring people in for gigs. Yep. Again, well, I don't even have a website, Andy. <laughs> well, I'm a full I'm a full time working magician. I get, uh, you know, two to three gigs a week, and I don't have a website. And people find you from TikTok social and Instagram. Yeah, social media. Yeah, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, all of them. I have a have a large following on all of them. And so there. The the average booker is somebody who already follows you, I assume, and then they go, yeah, or yeah, they look up, uh, or they'll look up a magician, and because my profile and my following is so big, I'll be one of the people that come up. If you like, right. if you go looking how, up magicians, right? How often do you get recognized? Like, a lot, yeah, <laughs> daily, daily, even when I'm street performing, because I still street perform because I like it. And so, uh, yeah, daily, just all the time. <laughs> it just kind of happens. It's a strong perceived value for even a client that hires you. <clears throat> if you have a you know healthy social media following, and, and, and it's just know, social proof, right? It's just social proof that you're already accepted and people like you. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Um, Doesn't it, hurt. It's interesting to me when like people introduce me at gigs uh, where I haven't given them like a prepared intro, and it's always interesting to hear the things they say. And like one of them once was, uh, and he's even featured on Wikipedia. <laughs> Anybody can write that. It's fine. That's um, incredible. It, it just goes to show the value that people put on what they can find online. What else, what else have you done? You've been on Fool Us a couple of times. Or have you I been on Fool Twice? twice. Yeah. Did you fool them both times? No, just the uh, second time. Second yeah. Time. The, the first time, I, I do this trick where I climb inside a, a giant balloon. And oh, I do yeah. Trick the balloon. The balloon. I saw you do that live in Columbus one year. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That thing went well, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the kind of is, that the, is that the costume one where you came out with the matching costume to the prediction? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Came out as a scuba diver. I, um, I remember this. And uh, that was never going to fool them. It like, in yeah. fact, the you discussion just that I had where the producers were like, well, obviously it's not going to fool them, but, but please come on and do it. So Great. fine. Um, smart. Smart. Yeah. Just fun, right? It's just fun. Yeah. You know why I do TV is, is not for the exposure. It's only for the experience. I love filming shows. I love uh, having that thing to work towards to make sure it's, it's perfect by that point. So I just love the whole process. So it's for me, even if it doesn't air, it's still great to do it. I just, I yeah. really enjoy okay. it. What is the way to be? I, I, I didn't see. I didn't see hardly any of last. After they didn't accept me, my audition, I put "Fool Us" on strike. It's not allowed on TV in my house anymore. Yeah, they true. must be really feeling <laughs> that now. 
You must be really uh, annoyed that you don't watch. <laughs> you, what you you them, I saw them live in Sydney, and they mentioned that Doug Conn wasn't watching him anymore. So, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I meant to say, Jason, I, I don't know if you read my comment. They lost their luggage on the way to, to Australia. They did not have their show when they started in Sydney, so they had to improvise their whole show, really. Yeah, really? which uh, which is the show that I saw. Right. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned it was a little less than par, and that had a lot to do with it. Imagine, you know, your pen and teller and your luggage. I still think uh, I still think they did a great job. Yeah, to be of course honest. they did. But I just, um, yeah, I was like, I was like, uh, I was expecting so much more, uh, yeah. And and I guess that could also be the fault of my expectations versus reality, right? So well, that could I mean, also you be imagine a you have a, <coughs> a show you rehearse to bring to Australia, and then the show doesn't show up. You're gonna have a crappy, not I mean not crap, but what do they do? What material? Um, it just seemed like they used their suitcase show. So instead of like their Instead of like any big illusions, it was all just like suitcase tricks, mm-hmm. which is fine. It's the kind of stuff like like you know you and I would walk on the stage that you've traveled to for because we're doing uh, an they event. You know mention, what I mean? Did they not mention that their equipment was missing? No, of course not. They're professionals. Why would they do that? Yeah. Why Why would they cheapen the experience by yeah. saying uh, right. something like that? Yeah. Right. No, they they the crowd loved them, man, and I loved them too. It was still amazing, but it was uh, it was just. I had this idea in my head that was going to be totally different. Um, but that's yeah, all right. Well, it was still great. I still enjoyed been. it. You go back a second time. Yeah, I was meant to go back a second time uh, in Brisbane, but I'm booked for the cruises. So Workers uh, got to work. Hey, here's a question work. from a person I like, and I want to know the answer to this. And let's, let's preface this. You guys take uh, – you do retreats. You take a group of magicians to, to well, in this case, Africa this year, right? Yep. And exactly. uh, what, some that uh, give us the elevator pitch and then tell us your favorite part. How about that? Um, so the elevator pitch is imagine going on vacation with your favorite magicians. Sorry, I'm really uncomfortable sitting here. My chair is so low. So sorry, I'm moving around so much. That's, uh, that's all right. Man, stand uh, up, dance a little. <laughs> I, I wish. You missed snack time. I told you earlier. It was, you should have got up. <laughs> I really should have. I have my water. It's fine. It's almost 2 a.m. here. I'm not eating anything. Thank you for that. I know it's oh. late, bro. Thank you. You're yeah, probably yeah. already up anyway, huh? Are you on uh, dad? I would, I'd be asleep by now. Yeah. I, have a, I have a six-year-old son. I'm getting yeah. woken up regardless of what I go to bed. So I'm You're on dad up. hours. Uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, it's imagine going on vacation with your favorite magicians is basically it. So uh, this time we went to South Africa on safari. Uh, to a five-star safari resort, and we took Guy Hollingworth and Danny Garcia with us. So wow, me, wow. Josh, Guy, and Danny all gave lectures, and then we went on safari, and we just all hung out as a group of, I think, 20 or 30 magicians. And we just had the best time. It was so much fun. We Everybody got to know everybody else during this trip. So by the end of it, we were all... It's like an all-inclusive kind of let's just go yep, magic in Africa kind of deal, huh? Yeah. It was it was absolutely crazy. That's um, a price ticket to a gig like that. That was, I think, maybe ten thousand seven grand. Seven less than ten. Okay, less than ten. And, and you know what? If you tried to book that that hotel that we stayed at or the lodge we stayed at, it would be like twelve grand or something. Yeah. But uh, because we get to buy in in group like a big group, right? It's cheaper. We Another innovative offering from the Vanishing Ink Boys. Go figure. Oh Love yeah. It. 
and we're doing uh, Utah in a couple of months, September. We're going to Utah. Mm -hmm. That one's sold out. Uh, and we announced the 2023 dates um, next week. Uh, and the cool part is it's on my birthday. It's my 40th birthday on this next retreat. So okay. it's going to be fun. Hey. Uh, but to answer birthday. The... Sorry? Happy birthday for them. Thanks. For, for a year away, but thank you. That's yeah. nice of you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> My best, my favorite part of that retreat was not actually at the retreat itself. It was the College of Magic. I've never visited the College of Magic. Oh, I've heard of this place. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was absolutely fascinating. So so I've supported the College of Magic for the last uh, maybe decade or so. Me and Josh right. built a theater there for them. Uh, we built a, a creativity room where they can kind of go and, and, and create tricks. There's like uh, invisible thread and sponge balls and all the gimmicks they can want, and they can create tricks there. So um, cool. Uh, but so I've cool. never been. So there's literally a theater with my name on the door that, I, that I'd never been to. Um, so it was such an amazing opportunity to see the, the physical representation of what we've helped support and work with. Um, doubt, and, and I was blown away. This, this college is way more than a college. Like It's way more than just magic. They're, they're breaking all the, the racism boundaries. They're breaking all of the skill level boundaries that some magicians, you know, some six-year-old kids uh, is there studying magic with a 18-year-old kid who is 20 times better than him. But it doesn't matter. Like they, they just, they gel and they teach each other and they work together. Um, they, they break all the boundaries of socioeconomic backgrounds. Like it's, it's way bigger than magic. And I was so pleased to, to oh, see it in person and be part of it. That sounds what, amazing. It's what magic is though. It's what mm -hmm. magic is. It is. It really is. I just uh, keep coming up. <laughs> the fact that they use magic for it, uh, use magic for a much bigger thing was just so inspiring to see. And I got to do a show for the kids and uh, I have never felt like such a rock star. These kids were so welcoming and, and so much fun. And uh, probably I think just grateful, right? Probably just grateful for the opportunities they're getting. I, I hope so. I hope so. I, I must've spent two hours <laughs> taking pictures with the kids. Like they just, you know, every one of them wanted to take a photo and it was just so cool. And, and I'm going to try and go back as often as I can actually to, to try and support them because they just do. It sounds incredible. interesting because <clears throat> in Australia, we have a thing called the PCYC club. It's like the police citizens youth club. Okay. And it's basically this like very cheap and affordable place for people to go and do sports and recreational activities. And it sounds like this is a similar vibe, but with magic, which is so, so awesome to me. I think that's I think cool. That's, yeah. yeah. It's just, just inviting people into a hobby. Is there a curriculum enjoy. here? I mean, do they have like an organized, like, can I go to mentalism 101, et cetera? Is that what? Um, I, I don't think it's quite as specific as that, um, but they have like ongoing, like six week courses or whatever. Um, oh. And they have to do outreach and they have to, um, they have to get taxis for every one of these kids. They have to pay for the kids to get a taxi into the College of Magic. And the reason for that is because they are, um, the, the, the many of these kids are coming from the townships in South Africa and they used to have a minibus and they would drive around and pick up these kids. The minibus got stolen with the kids in it. Like literally it got held up at gunpoint and, and they took the, took the minibus. So now they have to pay for taxes for every one of these a hundred, 200 kids, depending on the day. Uh, and it's, it's such a difficult job that they do and, and they do it so well and with smiles on their face and, and they are truly changing these kids' lives because they're introducing them to magic and they're giving them opportunities to now uh, travel between the townships, which is not normally the done thing. 
and they are you know, getting to perform, and it's it's cha- it's truly changing the world using magic. Which is I so could imagine cool. like uh, in giving them social skills, right, that they might not have otherwise had. Yep, and, and also um, introducing them to you know there there are kids who go to private school there uh, with kids who truly have absolutely nothing other than the clothes on their backs and now a deck of cards that they've been given and that they're connecting them together and that's going to do great things for the future of south africa i'm sure i bet you there'll be a beautiful story about that soon someone will go on pen and tell us fool us from that school and I'd love that. share share a lovely story and why am i thinking there's a documentary <laughs> on this place does that ring a bell at all had some no someone should do that one. someone should do that yeah that's for sure all right. Well, Doug, let's fly over and let's do it. <laughs> they would love let's, you guys. Let's make a let's make a, a YouTube documentary. Where is it again? It's in uh, it's in Cape Town. Why does this keep coming up? Is that you, Doug? Are you doing that? No. We just <laughs> want to know. Someone really wants to know. I think I keep bumping. I think I keep bumping my space bar or something. But yeah. Are there any sorry, magic sorry, Andy. Where was it again? Sorry. Uh, Cape Town in South Africa. Cape Town in South Africa. Uh, are there any magic shop turf wars? Has is there, beef? is there any hardcore beef between you and the penguin guys? <laughs> you know, surely, like you, surely you guys have like a, a, a good working relationship, right? You'd have to. Yeah, no, we do. Uh, yeah. I speak to uh, Ajar, the owner of Penguin, uh, maybe once a year or so. We just, you know, have a little chat. It's never been anything other than really friendly. Uh, he's a lovely good, guy. Amicable. And- yeah. Uh, we get on well on, on a friendly level. It's surprising we don't really talk about business all that much. But yeah, good guy. No turf wars. Uh, we get on well with the the penguin team. Our warehouses are quite close to each other. Uh, no. <sighs> well, that's boring. Cool. Make something up. Okay. <laughs> um, let's let's challenge penguin right now to a, yeah. to a race. How about that? To a, a, foot to a boxing a boxing match. There you go. Just a foot race. We'll, we'll have a race around. Andy's uh, getting serious with the yeah. foot race. Come on, Penguin. You can do it. You can beat me. Try. It's a race. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, <laughs> let's get Lucaro in there. That's all I got. Uh, but no, Penguin a good guy. Oh, that would be funny as. <laughs> I'd love to see two magicians so, race it out. <laughs> let's go back to the goodness of magic. As you were talking about this wonderful situation in uh, Africa, you guys also put on some great magic conventions, the session in the UK and then the Magi Fest, which I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Super important when I was a child. And now you're also sponsoring children from I, I, probably worldwide, knowing you guys, but you have a scholarship for children to attend your events, correct? Can you yeah, explain correct. that? Uh, it's not just limited to our events, actually. If oh. a kid's like, hey, I really need to go to magic camp or i wow. really need to go to a convention uh somewhere across the world and and here is why i need to go and uh here is my situation i can afford to pay for half the flight can you help you know anything like that like if we can help young magicians uh, we will do our very best to help those young magicians uh, we just helped a lot of young magicians in costa rica um and, and yeah or south africa we, we do a lot of work uh, What's the what, what's the number on this for like magic magi fest? Like how many kids are you putting up putting into this convention a year? Uh, at our height, which was the year the pandemic hit, which was what twenty twenty, I guess. Oh, I think it was eighty five kids that came for three and their parents. Uh, the session, which happens in like three weeks' time, session in London, July the eighth to the tenth, uh, we have fifty kids, fifty young magicians. That's the most we've ever had at the session. So that's a smaller convention, right? What do you guys? Right. Out there, that's a 400 person convention, that's and 
Magifest is a 1,000 person convention. Yeah, right. Uh, and you know what's really cool? It's about, uh, at least at its height in Magifest, it's about 50% females, which wow. is which is really great for to show the future of magic. Uh, but but the charity doesn't just do the scholarships. Uh, right now, we're working on some books. Uh, my favorite of them is um, we have commissioned a book about female magicians aimed at young people. So the history of female magicians aimed at young people with like these really amazing graphics and illustrations. And it just tells the story that just shows that actually magic is inclusive and has been inclusive for all these years. It's just we don't really talk about it all that much. Or we haven't really one time back on analog television. Lance Burton had these TV specials with young magicians on them back (laughs) in the old days. Yeah. Uh, I think there were females on that too, actually. Is that in your book? Was there? Was there? That would be surprising. Was there a female on that show? Like, hang on. I'm, right right. Right. Yes, I'm thinking Chris- like Adelaide Herman. That's it. That's the only one I know. Uh, Christina Lenert was on Young Magicians Showcase, and she now works uh, with the SYM Society of Young Magicians. Who is that? Christy Taguchi. Taguchi. All right. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, this is a, a book that we're going to distribute for free to young magicians to to show them right right oh. from day one that, you know, you can, whoever you are, whatever your background, you can still be a great magician. You, even though you see mostly males in the magic world, it, it doesn't need to be that way. Nope. So I agree. It'd be good to see more female magicians. <clears throat> are you familiar with Billy Kidd? Yeah, of course. She lives like maybe 45 minutes from me. Oh wow! Okay, there you go. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was one of the like better street performers. Yeah, back in the great. day. I don't, I don't know if she's still doing street performing now, but did you ever yeah. see Marianne work? Cellini's wife? No. Yeah, she's really good. She passed uh, yeah. away last year. She was. She did Cellini's act. Uh, wow. You know, a female doing you know what Billy Kidd's doing, basically cups and so on, like a little fairy. I did a comedy club gig with Billy Kidd a couple of years ago, and she just tore the room apart. She was really great. I always say that uh, street performers got something, you know, a little bit more of an advantage. I think over the average performer. Yeah. With the uh, yeah. training in the training in the arena, as it were, it's day in and day yeah, out. You get the shows in. Where else That's do you it. get all the shows? Yeah, I agree. But magic's in in a better place than ever before with with how great some female magicians are. We're, we're very lucky. It is in a good place now, isn't it? It's so much more normalized to hire a magician for an event than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got a question on speaking of books you're coming out with. Did I see you mention a new Jack Parker book? Is that happening? It's yeah. Done. Yeah. It comes out in like three weeks time. I think So, what is or... this book? What is this release then? So it's a Jack Parker book. Thank you. <laughs> now, Andy, you've wrote, you've written two book, two of Jack's books, or and a third one, right? Is there a like? Do you, do you want to see it? Do you want oh to see it? yeah, I do. Yeah. Should we do a little- <laughs> I'd like to see it at my house if you want to send a review copy. So so cute, Doug. I never well, seen your face light up so much before. Uh, so Jack Parker was a very integral part of the second deal, which I was very active as this is where Andy and I met on the second deal and where he met Jack and Jack was one of the more creative card men of this time. And Andy started publishing his material. He, he got, it was a cancer leukemia. Uh, so he suffered from leukemia as a teenager and then he got cancer when he was uh, in his thirties said, um, so yeah, he, he was a very close friend of mine and he, he was like, 
I, I am I have three months to live. Will you write my book of all of my oh. magic? And so I quit my job. I was working in IT at the time. I quit my job to write the book. That's 52 Memories, which is this book here. Was this the first hardcover book then? Well, uh, that I did? Yeah. I think probably so. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe so. Um, A good choice. What an important book that is. You know, it ha I'm very lucky that it has become kind of an important book. And not because of anything I did, but because of everything Jack did. It's kind of a bit glary. Sorry. You can't see it. Um, it's a beautiful but, thing. So this was almost kind of rushed out because I wanted Jack to be able to, to read it before he passed away. Okay. Um, but then I sat on the other 52 tricks that Jack had given me to publish for a follow-up. And it was never decided what I was going to do with them, but it turned out he had given me about 52 tricks, maybe a few more. Um, and I was like, well, it's time to release 52 explorations. Yeah. So this is the new book. Yeah, it's not out yet but it's uh, out in a few weeks. Um, so they're designed to kind of fit together. And they look really nice together. Um, and all of the illustrations here are red on red back cards, and these are on blue back cards, so it's kind of a nice little pairing. Sorry, you can't see it because of the glare. Um, but still, so this is 52 more Jack Parker tricks. Wow. Um, and uh, there is some of his best work in this book, some stuff that I kind of held back and a few of his friends held back. There's one trick in particular that is the best constructed assembly routine I've ever seen. It's a seven card assembly and it will a hundred percent fool you. There's like five phases, which is a lot of phases for an assembly routine. Well, every of those phases, if anyone of your caliber says that a magic trick's going to fool me, color me impressed. I'll take three copies. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it looks like a great book. They do look like a great set. You know, I don't have the 52 uh, tricks or memories. Sorry, 52 memories book. Maybe I should one, get that. one day you could, it could be yours. Yeah, I think I'm going to order some Yeah, when it comes out. Cool. Jack, um, he's a, yeah, a smart one. You can, you can only imagine if he'd stuck around what, what you know, the, the output. I think about that often, actually. I think about, like, what would Jack be doing if he was still alive now? Because he passed away, what, 12 years ago now, I guess? Um, and, yeah, he would have pushed Magic forward for sure. Yeah. We, we lost him way too soon. Yeah, definite innovator. Yeah. Yeah. He was so great. Um, so yeah, fifty-two memories is um, was was a really hit book for for the magic world. I, I think it it surprisingly resonated with a lot of people because the magic isn't that difficult to do yet. It's really visual and strong. So I'll right. be interested to see how people respond to fifty-two explorations. I'm sure they'll respond very positively, right? I hope so. I hope so. If not, <laughs> I will shed a small tear. <laughs> Shed a small tear. It, it, it'll be, you know, there is a gap between the original and people that knew Jack and that material. And then, you know, you release a book of what's just card tricks. If you're not familiar with Jack, then maybe it doesn't have the appeal as some of the other things. But knowing Jack's material, I bet it's going to do just fine. Some great stuff in there. It's worth a read for sure. So we'll find out in a few weeks when it finally comes out. It's clearly got a pen and teller full as. Uh, seal of approval, so <laughs> I think I think it'll be good. You know, you usually tell if a book's good. I got a trick in my memory of yours that I used to have. I don't think I ever performed it, but I really like this uh, magic square routine. The Ooh. grid is that? Uh, so the grid is Richard Wiseman. Mine's called Magic Squared because I couldn't think of a good name. Uh, mine's the one where you do the magic square with cards on a big. Um, 
board and then you turn it over and it come, adds up to the second number. So it's two magic squares built into one. I love it. Which is a trick I, I used to close pretty much every set with, but now when I find myself performing at magic venues, it seems so many other magicians have closed their sets with my uh -huh. magic square. And now it's like, oh, you're doing that trick too. Well, I came up with it. I'm allowed to. So I pretty much have to phase it out of most of my gigs now. Um, because Does that bother you at all that, you, that so much of your work is now being done by so many other people that you yourself can't do it? No, I don't think so. I, I like I put it out right, so it's it's it's, it's my own doing, I guess. Yeah, it's not not like public knowledge, right? Exactly. Uh, although that one, stuff, I like you're a technical guy too. We haven't talked about this. I'm assuming you still do your masterful <laughs> masterful multiple push off work. Mm -hmm. You know, right? Are you still like actively yeah. practicing and doing these things? Like, yeah. Sure. Pretty actively. So I on the master push-off DVD, I was doing um, 10 card push-offs, which I practiced just for the DVD because 10 card push-offs is pointless because it, it looks like what it is. It's a big block of cards. But that was just to illustrate what you could do with it. But now I push off up to four, sometimes five, um, pretty consistently. But I, yeah, really in performance, I, a three card push-off is, is as far as I'll go. Are we talking about like a push-off lift or something what's going on here yeah like a, <laughs> like a uh a double lift so a double lift with no brakes or get rid of or anything that's so like this so um so it's, it's no break no get could ready you, could you show off. us the 10 could you show us the 10 card I probably couldn't i mean if i'd be honest if i was doing it now <laughs> i would um be guessing i wouldn't be able to to get it quite right uh, we can do this we can go uh one there's one two three <laughs> Four, five. So yeah, yeah, that is very impressive. Yeah, that is very impressive. It's very. You know, that's uh, that's you nice. You know, I've never thought of the push off as a as something that I would that I would use. I use the Stuart Gordon a lot because mm. I just like it. But the put that looks nice. You make it look good. Like <laughs> you make it look oh, good enough that you I'm can like do push maybe. into Stuart Gordon as well. So that's. That was a terrible handling after I turned it. But yeah, so you just gonna go. Yeah, Stuart Gordon, baby. The other one is the uh, is the soft double, which I really like. Looks great. Soft double is a nice one too. Yeah. But these are. But you, that's the first time I've ever seen someone do a push off. There, I was like, you know what? Maybe I should learn. Probably because he's the only one that's doing it. <laughs> Have you seen anyone else do your work, Andy, on the multiple push offs? Yeah, lots of people now. Actually. Oh yeah. Uh, I guess you I, would. I, you travel the world now, seeing people. You can, you can consider me one more. I'll be. I'll definitely be partaking in the push-off now. Please now do that it. I've seen you, how good it looks. <laughs> you, you know what annoys me is is when I teach it at a lecture or whatever, and some twelve-year-old kid goes, "Oh, am I doing it right?" And he does it better than me. I spent yeah. my life on this move, and and you've just picked it up, and you can do it better than me. Uh, so damn, yeah. you just break his hands. You know? Do you <laughs> do you second deal with this technique, or do you prefer a strike? No, I second deal with this technique. So here is the second deal. Wow. Um, oh, man. That actually really looks like it's coming off the top. You know, you've got, this nice, you've got this nice lift to it at the end where it really looks like it's, like, coming up and off, you know, mm -hmm. as opposed to. I think this, the solution there is to wait until it's cleared because a lot of people do this, and it just never looks good. So um, this is – let's try it in this. There we go. So one-handed. It's kind of hard to explain. <laughs> but, but, yeah, there we go. So I wish you could see it oh properly. God. Yeah, there's so much that you can do with a push-off. It's it's such a great utilitarian move. 
Jesus. Uh, Love right. it. Guess I gotta take the time to learn the push up. I'm assuming this information is in the boy who cried magic, right? It is. There's a whole chapter on the yeah, on the master push off, as I call it. Um but the master push off is sorry, just uh, just to clarify, where could one order this book from again? <laughs> from vanishingmagic.com. Oh, vanishing magic. You know, I might go there and check that site out. I've heard nothing but good things. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it's uh, it's open source, this move. I decided to open source it so anybody can do whatever they want with it. So you guys could learn it and teach it on your YouTube channels or whatever, and I'd be absolutely fine with that. Uh, it's just like a, a way of giving giving back to magic and helping to progress the technique because I'm just one guy, and if there's a thousand people that are playing with it and doing their own thing with it, and then that's great. We're going to progress it way quicker. So uh, I am all for people doing whatever they want with it as long as they... Um, stick to what's called the creative commons license which is basically just to to make sure they credit me um when they do something with it then they are welcome to do whatever they want with it i like it have a yeah i'm actually just uh as we speak i'm ordering it so. <laughs> you are live ordering <laughs> yeah, i'm gonna yeah, order my yeah. copy from murphy's so i'm just gonna get mine wholesale <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some money. good for you getting a percentage uh, that's, that's one more savage. thing before we go, because I want to mention people that can get access to your stuff on the cheap. Uh, you, you're having a deal right now for like a dollar for your master class. Is that still going on? I think it ends tomorrow. So oh, be well, quick, but, it's still going on then. Yeah. So, so we came up with this master class concept like two years ago and, and we've done, I think 30 or, or maybe a few more master classes with these great magicians over the years. And, and our marketing team have always said, we want to do a $1 trial because we think once people see it, they want to join. Uh, and you can't discount somebody else's lecture for a dollar. You can't get like guy holding worth it and go, Hey, by the way, we're going to only charge a dollar for your stuff. Cause it just, yeah, doesn't, okay, it's, good point. It's, it's so unfair, but, I, I truly don't care. Like to me, it's way more important that people get to see my work than me make money from my yeah. work. So, uh, so I was more than happy to to do it for a dollar, so that the marketing team could could get their fix of of discounting it for a month. So, yeah, it's, it's a go. dollar. Y'all need more Andy. Yeah. It's only a dollar. So there, vanishing. Yep. But the master push-ups not taught on that. But some of my yeah more recent work is, and I'm really proud of that masterclass. Yeah, they're good. I've been to a couple. It's a good value. Your whole skit's a good value. I don't know how you guys are able to afford to give stuff away. Like, we need to talk about how I can make a profit in magic because I just do it. It supports my habit, but I'm not going to Africa and stuff. What am I doing <laughs> wrong? Um, need a bigger crowd, I guess. I, here's what, well, I'm working on that. Plus, if I didn't <laughs> buy all the new magic everyone released, maybe I'd have a profit. <laughs> I get petty now, Doug. All right. <laughs> You've hey, made your bed. Now lie in it. Now lie in your bed of magic, you fool. <laughs> Look, I love it here. I love my bed. All right. Look, we did so an I hour. Got, yeah, I, got a, I got a little video of the boy who cried magic. Check out video. Uh, yeah. Oh, things are going oh, on. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. Yeah. Done and done. Yeah, I just ordered it. Just ordered the book. So I should be here within five to six years. Yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. It's ridiculous. No, it's good. The it. There you go. Not too bad. I also wanted shrapnel while I was at it because, uh, you know, shrapnel. Well, thank you very much. I didn't realize I would make money doing this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, that's USD, man. Look at that. $83 USD converted. 
Australian, one hundred and twenty-six bucks. Free so I'm shipping. Broke. I'm, I'm broke now. Oh, is that free shipping? Oh, it is free shipping. You make, you make uh, good choices, I, Jason. But I had to pay a PayPal balance of one dollar and thirteen cents US. I think you got it. Think about that TikTok money. Now I'm poor. Now I'm poor again. Back to square one. <laughs> All right. I look forward to reading about the push-off, man. I, uh, yeah, you have right. me sold by that demonstration. I've never seen someone do a push-off and thought my thought to myself, you know what? I should learn the push-off because every time I see it, it always looks kind of awful, you know? Yeah. And the other so, thing uh, is it's, it's, not, um, it's not consistent when a lot of people do it, but this technique is mm, consistent, which is key. Right. So I look forward to learning that. That looks fun. It looks fun. It actually looks fun. You know, I love moves that are fun. I love sleight of hand. I love magic. We're in a good place. Andy, thanks for coming on. Dinner really day. appreciate you taking the time uh, in the middle of the night. Actually, early morning for you now. Uh, you have to wake up in like three hours because your son Pretty will much. wake up. <laughs> Four hours I will be up with my son. But hey, whatever. It was worth it, man. You know, you get to talk about magic with uh, two of the best magicians that you've seen today. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> I am very yeah. today because it's one a uh, two a.m. So yeah, but exactly still, timed it perfectly. Timed no, you perfectly. It for two hours now, you haven't been up to see any other magicians. I know it, so we're the best. <sighs> Fuck the yeah. rest. Yeah, you're, you're, doing you're doing a great thing for spreading magic. So thanks for for all you do on uh, on on the socials. Uh, it's appreciated. Uh, thanks for having. Thanks for uh, taking the time to talk with us. It really was a great experience. You've even convinced me to buy a book. That's when you know you've done a good job. <laughs> good stuff. So, yeah, so hopefully we can get you back on another time, man. But for now, I hope you get good rest and sleep. And uh, is there anything well, that you want to say before we go? Absolutely nothing. No, I am. <laughs> uh, this, is, this has been a fun experience. <laughs> Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys. Magic Guys.